bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to the Weird Things Podcast. I'm Andrew Mean, joined by Brian Brushwood. Hello. Mr. Bryce Castillo. Hello. Gentlemen, I'm yeah. a little worried about Japan. Uh, wait, wait, wait a minute. You think they're, they're secretly giving up their democratic ways that they've got a shadow emperor who's ready to, to, to start a sneak attack invasion? Oui. You know, Brian... Perhaps we are seeing signs of that. Maybe Wait. your crazy, hyperbole-filled rejoinder there is more based in fact than you suspect. Well, I know there's been a there's been uh, over the past decade or so a push to remilitarize Japan uh, in inside the Japanese political environment. Is, is that is that what we're talking about? Maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna use sort of a historical reference: the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Of course, what was the <laughs> premise of that? What, what was the premise of that? Like, what was every episode about? Uh, uh, how cheap can we license this generic <laughs> kung fu footage, and how do we remap it with a bunch of very white Americans? <laughs> yeah. so- how, how do we get young kids to beat up monsters and and an and an older woman every week? <laughs> so, like, every week was was Angel Falls. What was the city? Was uh, they basically got attacked by a monster? Okay, right. Japan, we keep hearing about they've been having some attacks. They're having some attacks. Attacks? They've been getting attacked a bit. Mm. Mm. Are they sea creatures? No, not sea creatures. Not this time, huh? Not this time. Not this time. Mm. Is it a big I mean, moth? Is it a big entire- moth-like creature? Is it a fever for K-pop? <laughs> They're crazy for it. Well, anyway. And then it's not out of J-pop, so they get out of the K-pop, you know. Just actually, um, yes. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. True story. Uh, so uh, the latest is uh, there has been an attack on a Japanese military base. Wait, like 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 a full on for reals attack? Whoa! I mean, four people were injured. Uh, okay. that, I mean, <laughs> I like, I do like, like, that's like a hard right turn <laughs> where it makes me like almost worried, but then it's like, oh, we're in the safe lane. <laughs> Tell it to the people. Now, um, now, an attack on a base, I mean, that is as national ground. That could be uh, grounds for a war. Are we, are you saying we might, so the Japan okay, could be headed okay, to war? Okay. I, I figured it out. Uh, oh, uh, okay. Andrew, Andrew. Uh, if if you don't mind kind of staring at the camera, I want you to look left. If the attackers had no legs, look right. If the attackers had six legs or more. <laughs> oh, he's looking oh, he's up. Looking up. Oh, oh. okay. Interesting. Huh. huh. Does that mean that they're, 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 they're cyber legs or human legs? I guess that would probably be two. Yeah, I was I mean, you, yeah you did kind of have a pretty good margin in between those two options there. Yeah. Mm. So if people are injured, only, only four people got injured on a base. I mean... A military base. On a military base, right? Security. They had to call out helicopters, It's and it's a growing problem. Is the uh, now, now, Andrew... Uh, I don't, I'm not used to all different foreign bases. At this particular base... 
Is the floor lava? No. Mm, okay. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's that. <laughs> that almost pivoted really quick. <laughs> um, uh, and, and, and this is on mainland China, right? Japan. Aha, good. You didn't fall for my trap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was in uh, Sapporo, which we know for the beer. Yeah. Which is, uh, I believe that's in the. That might, might be one of the islands. Uh, it is in Hokkaido, yeah. which is the northern, yeah, northern island, island of Japan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So kind of, it's a, it's a little more rustic. It's a little more rural up, uh, in Hokkaido. Uh, now, uh, now you, you, nature. Ca- you casually mentioned the beer, and you're not wrong. That is how I know uh, uh, Sapporo is, is, is from the beer. Does, uh, but, but it was a military base, uh, and this was not a beer-related attack. <laughs> Not beer related. Okay, hold on. Was it? Was it? Oh, was oh it? my gosh! We've talked about this. Wait, I think we. Is it? Is it bears? Ding ding! Oh my oh, god! No! Whoa! Oh, that's right. Didn't a bear go on a rampage and have to be shot down? <laughs> yes. This is yet another bear attacks in Japan. Our our new beat here at Weird Things, and. uh uh, a wild bear went on a rampage in northern Japanese city of Sapporo on Friday, storming a Japanese military base, forcing its way into an airport and injuring four people. Meanwhile, just all of Russia's cheering. They're like, for Mother <laughs> yeah. Russia! Oh, cool bear. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm curious if that video's on YouTube somewhere. But uh, anyhow, um, why are bear attacks increasing in Japan? I would imagine because there is some kind of well-intentioned policy where it's like, leave the bears alone. And also, uh, you like hummingbirds? You buy a hummingbird feeder. Oh, what are all these hummingbirds feeding around? You like deer? Here's a deer feeder. Isn't it great having all these deer around? Uh, I'm going to bet people are feeding them deer. Oh, and look it- at this bear. Well, it's hauling bear butt. <laughs> it's hauling butt down Sapporo. And could it could it be? Because I feel like... I remember there were news stories when the pandemic started about like about is it Nara where you can go and feed the deer and those deer were actually having trouble getting fed because people were not going out as much. Do you think that the bears are more comfortable because people are out less? So Japan has a shrinking population. It's one of the things when we talk about we've talked about this before, like a growing population is actually a good thing. A population that you that's one size actually means everybody gets older and older and older until there are no, no more young people. And a population that shrinks means you're just like there's a problem in Japan of abandoned houses and people no longer live. There are not enough people for the houses they have. And rural areas, farmland, people get older, they don't want to live out on a farm. So you're getting these farm areas that no longer have people there. And the bears' populations have been increasing. They've been taking over per- territory that humans lived in. So you actually have a growth of the bear population. Wow, And what's happening there is their range has increased tremendously. So now they're coming up against places like Sapporo and other places. So I, I, uh, I, w- I would also imagine that long after a farm is abandoned, it's, it's not, you know, even if nobody's tending and on purpose cultivating, let's say, you know, because I can only speak American, you know, uh, cornfields in Iowa or whatever, even if they go to seed, 
some number of, of creatures are going to eat some amount of it, and some amount of it is going to keep coming back year after year. And if nobody's around, then why not? Mm-hmm. And, I and say just, let the bears pay the bear tax, I'm, is what I'm saying. They're living off our land for free. Yeah. Well, and even just uninhabited land means less human encounters, which means they'll get more, uh, more bold, more courageous to be around people. Um, wow. that's how, Or we teach the bears how to farm or we Ooh. we hand them giant beach balls and teach them to balance and entertain us <laughs> like bring back circuses come on man it's the only way to make them civilized i oh. i i saw a bear on a motorcycle once that's that that image of the bear riding a motorcycle in a circus just is just that going yeah around and around and the look mm. on his face like there was like this open door behind him and i'm like is he thinking like one of these days, I'm just gonna turn it like this. It's me in the highway. <laughs> I want to take this third I, wheel off. I, I remember uh, we talked in the past. I don't remember if that was if this was bears or wolves, but you, you guys remember that big scarecrow that we talked about in Japan? It was it was I think the shape of a bear and it had speakers and it had red eyes. Yeah. Um, I wonder if bears could get afraid of something. Is there a bear? I wonder if that was crow? four bears. A bear crow. A bear crow. I believe that was a forebearer of this discussion. Mm -hmm. Japan. Yes. uh, So this was from November 2020. To prevent bear attacks, they were using these wolf. Oh, so Uh, good. And it looks good, too. I mean, it's a little industrial with the legs. I I would buy that at uh, uh, Spirit Halloween stores once a year. (laughs) I I may have that. You might. It's a dragon. Right now it's a dragon. but (laughs) I, I mean, we're... How far removed are we from, you know, that becoming the Mecca, you know, Mecca wolf? Well, and and so I, I suppose this is a realistic question you have to ask. Um, uh, man, it's such a loaded term, environmentalist. But let's say you're an environmentalist. <laughs> how many? How many is too many of anything? Of anything? But Lo- I think locusts, bears. Uh, how much nature do you like? Uh, but, but environmentalists don't want unchecked animal growth, right? They want healthy feeding and, and well, feeding cycles and environments. Right. So when when they come into uh, when when their feeding involves uh, attacking up to four people in Sapporo, then let's shoot that one yeah. and figure out a way. I mean, they're not. I, I don't know who you the ecologist. If that's supposed to be me, I like let's kill it. It should not be around people. But there I, should be places where where animals can thrive in nature. I've said this a couple times on this podcast. I'm kind of disappointed, Bryce, that you've never pulled up video of this as I've said this. You know when I talk about a bear riding a motorcycle a circus? I'm not making that up. You know bears can ride motorcycles, right? Oh. Yeah. Well, I, I, I took your word for it, but uh, I have a feeling that we're about but to But no curiosity? See, no, no part of you wants to see? Some, some, uh, some evidence thereof. All also, right, like, yeah. uh, I, mean, I mean, but that can't be good for the environment, all those hydrocarbons. <laughs> <laughs> what scared? What strong man? No, that's that's just a bear in a sidecar. It's just count. a bear in a side. Okay, well that. One. <laughs> Type in bear motorcycle what circus. About, what about this? Yeah, I guess the circus part is another sidecar. Oh man, Damn. they love sidecars. He's got a horn. Of Wait, do we go? <laughs> Play the horn. Play the horn. <laughs> 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 oh my god <laughs> oh my gosh okay oh. uh yeah bear on a motorcycle circus i've i've heard of this right i've heard of 
of uh you know a bear riding a uh a motorcycle yep. we've yep. got this one here bear riding motorcycle at circus whoa that does not appear to be anything other than a genuinely drivable motorcycle <laughs> yeah it looks like just a normal motorbike but with like bigger uh foot rests yeah. wow yeah I mean, okay, if it's an electric, okay, hypothetically, if it's an electric motorcycle and it's powered by green energy, who's against that? Who's against that? Well, that bear, (laughs) that bear's getting fed, uh, uh, uh three hots in a cot. Well, the, the, the training environment tends to be the thing I think people have, have, have concerns about with circus. You know what? You're right. Uh, this time open road. Just east coast to west coast. <laughs> Just a real for, bear driving for, for, school. They they they, they call him a, a forest grump <laughs> as he goes back and forth from <laughs> across America. If, but on a motorcycle, not not, was, walk, not riding. No no, on no, a no 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 motorcycle <laughs> in style. If I was in charge of the U.S. military, which would one a be a disaster, <laughs> but two would be entertaining, is I would have a brigade of bears on motorcycles and monkeys riding dogs. Monkeys riding dogs. Uh, Matt, you ever seen that monkey rodeo? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I mean, I've seen a, a, a mon- monkey riding backwards on a pig, but uh, mm-hmm. but but I no I, monkeys I, riding dogs. Monkey rodeo. Monkey oh rodeo. Right. Okay. Know your culture, man. Okay. All right. All right. So so let me feel uh, how I feel about this one. I was at a state fair. I'm walking along. I turn around and I see this thing before me that I didn't know was possible or whatever. And I'm like, oh. what is this? So we're looking at this is a report from uh, KSNT. Uh, this is a monkey riding a a, a sheepdog. Oh, oh look at him! Oh, and he's getting some speed too. So he's riding the dog as the dog is um, herding sheep. <laughs> so he's like getting some speed. I mean, <laughs> they we, will we do just saw him counting on his fi- fingers. I'm pretty sure he's counting the number of bananas he's gonna get. <laughs> like, dude's yeah. working on his 401k. <laughs> They'll do it state fairs. They'll have a bunch of them. You'll see a bunch of monkeys riding dogs in a just racing. I mean, it's kind of racing. Not a lot of <laughs> order there, but that would be like the first thing you would see is the enemy would be there just waiting to see what's going to happen. And they hear the pitter patter of feet and they'd see like, oh, those are those sheep dogs. And then they'd see monkeys on top of them, riding them. And there'd be the wave of the monkeys on a sheep dog and then the bears on motorcycles. <sighs> was Was that an actual... Uh, combat technique used to um, uh, make um, I, I I know that in the Wild West, part of the um, killing off of the buffalo was that you would get them all in a stampede, they'd run off a cliff or whatever. But did anybody ever stampede a buffalo like into enemy territory just 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 to just to run it on over? Hmm. Probably. It, maybe. I mean, it, I've seen that in movies. Yeah. Yeah. It would it would be tough to. To guide them to some degree, that, but that, that was used by by King Scar. Yes, well, and now that, that was in a canyon. It. That yeah. was kind of in a locked in a walled garden sort in of a box canyon. Mm. Um, yeah, I, this is. A, a, can we get something riding on this monkey? Can we get uh, something yes. riding on this monkey riding on this dog? Ticks. <laughs> I guarantee you 100%. <laughs> you already have. Like, can we get a, a smaller dog riding this monkey riding, like a little teacup poodle on the <laughs> monkey? 
I mean, the only thing that, that, that we can add, I feel like, is is us riding the money train to fame and glory for putting this together. <laughs> yeah. But of course, we, like we don't need one of those. Ratatouille <laughs> rat pulling on the monkey's ears, steering it. <laughs> <laughs> and that rat has a parasite. Uh, uh, yeah, yes, you know, we don't we certainly don't need to start a circus of the weird because we have all of your lovely support over on patreon.com slash weird things. Isn't that right, Brian? Dude, that's right. Just a buck an episode. That's all we ask. And you get the uh, both programs, the full show and the after things podcast where we mm-hmm. get the chance to answer your questions about being an independent creator. You keep the show loud, live and independent right here every Monday. Thank you to every single one of our patrons over at patreon.com slash weird things. And if you're not listening to After Things, last week we had a fantastic discussion with Brian and Justin about the world's greatest con and, and some of their thoughts and, and processes that go into it. So yeah, if you're, I, I, if I, you're I, excited so, about the like top five history podcast, world's greatest con, I don't know, maybe check that out. Well, and, and, and now that it's been, uh, you know, there, there was a lot of, of sort of the ability to sort of release and be like, finally, we, we could tell the world it's happening. Um I, I, I assume there'll be some talk this week about, oh, my God, it's been a full week and it's still happening. And this is this is the part where uh, I, I want so much to talk to Andrew about, like, uh, uh, we've kissed some number one spots before, but we, we ain't never hung around this long on anything. And so uh, there, I, I emotionally, uh, uh, spoiler alert, I think my question to Andrew will be, how, how do you resolve, how do you reconcile being okay with like maybe maybe you made something pretty good with you know? the things working out yeah right? <laughs> the plan working exactly <laughs> it, as it's, it's harder uh, than than one would think yeah it is so after things uh, you know and the, the the hard part yeah we'll talk about that i mean i'll just say the short thing is like you never know what you have until it's out there you never know what it's and then it's out there and then you're like then you got to reconcile all of your thoughts before and like how was i not able to predict Right. And then and then and then you try to do it again and then it's like it doesn't hit and you're like, I don't understand. I did everything the same. Why did it work? Yeah. Uh so one more time, your support is greatly appreciated. Patreon.com slash weird things. So we've talked about this before, but I want to show you this is kind of really cool. Uh Bright Sky put if I put the link into the chat, is that cool? Yeah, that's totally fine. One of the things that's neat is if you use computer systems like deep learning and you train them on a lot of data it starts to understand we've seen this before with video games and like training thing computer you know training computers how to play games Mm. one of the things now is using computers having them watch so much footage that it learns how to emulate the game right and this is like a tiny kind of game engine that emulates grand theft auto driving so everything we're seeing there is no there is no 3d model of a car in here there's no model of the roads or anything like this. This is clearly like when you watch one of those, like this face doesn't exist. Mm. That's what it's taking input from the user as they control the car Wow! and generating everything. Nobody designed this world. It learned it by just watching so much footage of Grand Theft Auto. And this is, this is a part of the map. This is not like a new, this is like, this is the bridge right by the military base. This it is like captured. I mean, it's low fidelity, low resolution, but mm. it, it looks accurate and it seems. It certainly seems like this car is driving around on the highway. Does the AI, yeah. as it watches this, these hundreds of thousands of hours of footage, do they also get information on input from the controls so that it knows yes. that, that that you you know left? Well, it seems like whenever someone goes left, this car moves this way. Yeah, in this case, absolutely. That's that's what it it says. Oh, left, absolutely, Brian. So that that's the signal. So it says this will equal this. So, and it, it's. 
you know, we look at this and you might go, oh, it's kind of janky, but it's the, the critical part was, can it learn that controller input? Does it learn how the environment changes around it? And then picking up these other rules as it moves along. And, you know, we're, we're not, I think game engines of the future are going to be things where you just say, oh, take, you could, you could program a game with your phone, take a picture of a car, take a picture of an environment, and then say, these are the rules. Yeah. Or even your own commute. I mean, in a world where let's say you are driving a Tesla vehicle or whatever, and it has recordings of your, your, you know, everywhere you've driven for three or four years in high fidelity, whatever. And it has all of the telemetry data of every, every amount of turning left and turning right you've ever done and your style of driving and the type of cars that, that, that you I mean, even even right down to because I believe there are dash cams where it records you yelling at other people. Uh, then mm -hmm. it could piece together, like you could you could make a game called uh, <laughs> tailored for you, your worst commute. <laughs> well, you could, but I, my thing is you could take that extent further and like take the video feed from here and do a thing called be Brian the podcaster. Yeah. And, yeah. And oh, when you're in front of this microphone, this guy over here does this and does this. And then people go, yay or boo. Yeah. What, uh, do we know, uh, is this a academic project or a military? I would assume if it's military, they're NVIDIA. probably not sharing it. Okay. So it's NVIDIA. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, this is, this is so incredible. I mean, uh, we're, I, I'm excited to see where this goes. Cause I mean, we, the footage that we're seeing is like, it's, a car driving in one very like set position. Um, and we're, oh, we're seeing some like interesting glitches happen when it doesn't know what to do with like collisions, but, uh, or some almost cars because it, it seems like it does understand that sooner or later other vehicles kind of come and go, but it, but it, but it has a hard time holding on to object permanence or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't know what yeah, to do when it, it crashes against a wall. And we've like. seen this like with the, the Pac-Man, the one that learned how to make Pac-Man by watching Pac-Man. It, it gets some rules, but it is one of these things when you we get to the next generation of processors in memory. If if we if we if we square the amount of memory and the amount of processing in here, you'll start to see like that's an open AI I found with GPT-3 and stuff was that when you scaled these things up, you could actually get massive improvements. And sometimes the fear was, oh, it's just it's it's incremental and it doesn't go beyond a certain point. The other problem with large models, it's like it's like trying trying to turn an ape into King Kong. You know, you have to, you can't have the same physiology. These models, as they get bigger, you have to sort of change things. But we're looking at a video here of NVIDIA GameGAN, which is I think the same people that worked on what we saw with Grand Theft Auto. This is virtual. This is Pac-Man from basically a, a neural network that learned. Just by seeing the screen output and taking the controller inputs, how the game of Pac-Man works. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting. This is just like a commercial that that we've got here, but it mm -hmm. says the AI recreated Pac-Man in just days with NVIDIA GameGAN. But I mean, as processing power gets up, as as processing efficiency goes up, like something like this could take seconds, could take milliseconds, could just take a oh yeah a handful of CPU cycles, and then. You know, like the Grand Theft Auto that we saw, that's going to get even even higher fidelity, and then maybe it breaks out of out of game out of extant games. Maybe it comes up with Grand Theft Auto Seven or what have you. It it mm -hmm. finds its own new thing to generate, and I think that's going to be really exciting when when there is original idea synthesis and execution. 
Mm -hmm. I, I think that the power of creating these sort of environments and things is going to you won't need, you know, a small team would be able to do what it takes a team of several hundred to do today. I think that's one of the first big things is we're going to realize is that is that if I get a couple of if I get a couple of really cool designers and mm. some people are really good at figuring out game mechanics and we form a team, the tools will do the rest for us. So uh, what this reminds me of is, uh, uh, um, oh, you you guys remember which engine is which, but what mm -hmm. was the one that started off being taught the rules of Go and being fed a bunch of games? And then they just, then they just like, better yet, just watch people play Go. Uh, uh, is 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 that is that that's not OpenAI, is it? No, that Alpha was Go. that was Google DeepMind. So yeah, that was AlphaGo. AlphaGo is the one where it it had to watch a bunch of human games. AlphaGo Zero was the one where it just played itself and it became even better. And that wow. was the criticism of AlphaGo at the time was like, well, it's just story and all these games and da da da. And it's like, okay, but that's what, what people if it do. Plays itself. Mm. Yeah, what if it plays itself and we don't train it on human stuff and AlphaGo Zero was even more powerful? And it was like, nope, the computer learned this game. You know, and, and that was Go was one of the things I was holding out for like, man, like if, if computers can't beat us at Go, then maybe there's a hope of like, you know, the that that kind of GPT three were me like, all right, time time to go work for these people. <laughs> you know, I uh I I could see it go in so many interesting directions. Like for example, this Grand Theft Auto uh, version. Um, in the short term, I could see okay, just upload the UI. Let 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 them know uh, the human user is accustomed to this level of acceleration, this level of of whatever, and that kind of stuff. Um, uh, so, so you sort of shortcut to it feeling like a traditional game of Grand Theft Auto, but, but then uh, I, I'm certain that the faster the computing processor gets the, the quicker it will eliminate that step. And then all of a sudden I start thinking of like, uh, okay, so now you're in a 360 degree theater and, uh, you're able to walk in place and it's just a simulation of, 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 of your town or whatever. And it starts noticing your eye tracking and uh, notices that, oh, you don't seem interested. You're not looking at the cash register. You're looking at the, the cute barista. And so then all of a sudden the barista notices you and it becomes a flirtation game. And then it becomes, and then just as you start to get a phone number, suddenly somebody interrupts you. And now all of a sudden you have to navigate, you know, it, it becomes all of a sudden you're playing a dating sim or whatever, or, mm -hmm. or let's say it starts to notice that, uh, you're exhibiting signs that that biologically indicate that you're kind of bored by everything, and so, so you know, there's a car crash outside. Uh, and then, and then, and then, depending on how you physiologically react, suddenly there's a kaiju, and 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 on and on and on. Like like you begin the game not even knowing what kind of game it's going to be. Like uh, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like I love the idea of just yeah. you're 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 in a Starbucks. And it notices that you're noticing the chessboard, and in walks a guy who says, uh, 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 "I have a hundred thousand dollars against your liver. <laughs> Let's play a game." You know, and then they just play no, yeah, yeah, and, I can pay. It, I've got. I'll get some money. Give me have my liver. <laughs> and for understanding, like, like, and, and when people chat about you, like, well, procedurally generated is there. Like, yeah, procedurally generated computer stuff is older than me. But there's somebody writing an algorithm to say, this is a tree. These are how to make trees. And you can make them vary. You can make environments and stuff, you know, uh, like No Man's Sky, whatever. Like they're, they're like amazing examples of that now. They're fantastic. But every one of those involves somebody saying, this is the engine to create worlds. This is the randomizer. This is 
a comp- this is just a neural network that just watches a bunch of stuff and says, oh, I noticed there were trees here. I'm going to make these. Well, I don't know what these things are with the, the brown things, the bushy things. I'm going to make these, and sometimes they're different. And I'm going to make these, I'm going to make that. Nobody told it. Nobody said, this is your procedural generator. You got to generate. It just learned by watching this stuff. And that's cool and scary and cool. And like Brian's point is like an engine, a neural network game engine like, yeah, like, you know what? Like, this town would be better if it was set in medieval times, you know? And then, oh, mm-hmm. cool, boom, it's medieval. And all of a sudden, you're in a very different environment because it doesn't have to be programmed how to do that. Well, and and uh, I suppose, again, like at that that physiological response, you're wearing heart monitors and it's you got an EEG on. And let's say you walk this in is, okay, and, yeah. and, and you punch the barista and uh, the cops begin to show up. And then let's mm-hmm. say it doesn't excite me. Uh, that the cops are showing up like at some level, it's like, oh, this guy clearly ex- expects it. And it, and so then it becomes a game of hostage negotiation. Ah! And then involuntarily, I'm like, well, this is interesting. And then it's hostage negotiator 5000 or something like that. Or then, I, what's, what's or funny? Like, I'm, I'm done. And you think you take the game off and you're like, oh, cool. I'm back in my living room. Everything's cool. And then your face starts to melt and your children attack you. And you're like, <laughs> and then, then Michael Douglas shows up and he's, he's like, yeah. it's been a game the whole time. <laughs> Welcome to crappy black mirror. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. I think that, uh, you know, one of the things that's kind of neat that they're working on an Oculus at the, with like next generation Oculus is eye tracking. They're putting those into Oculus because one, it can help with rendering the graphics. There's a thing called foveation, which is, if you just worry about making the graphics really detailed in the center, you don't have to do higher resolution towards the outer edges. The other thing is they're working on that eye tracking because they can build these, uh, have the optics adjusted. So if you hold up your hand, you get depth of field or you get you know, the things have a much better sense of depth to it. And it's one of those things where I go like, oh, I like, I'm inside there. It feels cool and real. But I have a feeling it's once, once you try it, you're like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Everything else is crap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Man, once once just something as simple as eye dilation is going to be a game changer. Where it's it could just tell your board, <laughs> and then and if it's like Take, uh, your, time to shake it up, boys. <laughs> your Apple Watch, you know, like you put any kind of sensor data in there, you know, like how many monsters they can send. You? Absolutely, yeah. Hey, uh, want to buy a house? Want to buy of course. a house? In in this economy, of course I would. <laughs> so, uh, imagine buying a piece of property. A little bit of rural property. Okay. And finding out that you didn't know everything about it. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> I I can really imagine this. Am I sure? Hey, checks face to see if I'm wearing VR goggles. <laughs> <laughs> Some uh, Oregon homeowners, they bought a house. Uh, and again, well, again, it says Oregon homeowners and it says Utah. But I know that area and I know what's going on. So anyhow, hmm. uh, yeah, in Oregon, bought a home and they found out it's actually got Wait. kind of a very cool feature to it. Okay, Brian. Yes. A hidden cool feature of, of a rural piece of property. Speakeasy. There's a uh, there's a hidden permitted speakeasy. They, the- they they actually they knocked the right way on the right door, and a skeleton opens it and says uh, it's, and then taps his non-existent nose and invites them in. <laughs> okay. Hmm. I almost I I wonder if 
Uh, somebody in the chat says missile silo, but, oh. but I, I guess what he's probably saying is like a a, a, a survivalist bunker. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I think we kind of know where the silos are for the, yeah. for the missile. Yeah. I almost wonder Do if this... We? <laughs> well, I wonder if it's like a cave or something, some like, like a subterranean... Ding, ding. What? They bought their home and they found out there was a giant lava tube underneath <gasps> Oh! Do they legally get all of that? Oh my god! Do you get? Yeah, do you yeah, get? Of course that? you do. Why wouldn't you? I, I think you do. I think. You, I mean, who else gets it? The mole men. I mean, <laughs> here we have a deed to your lava tome. <laughs> dude. That's amazing. Holy I mean, crap! You, you build that out. You make your 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 your, your space paradise yeah, in there. You simulate your moon base, moon base right, Earth. Right. Right. Yo. The, the, the couple says when, the, when they bought the property, the realtor mentioned there was a small cave under the land. Instead, the homeowners found an under, underground so large that even standing up, they can't reach the ceiling, and they haven't explored all of it yet. So, so are they worried about? I assume at that point you call an expert, and he uh, walks around and says, "Okay, you either do or do not have to worry about this caving in on you anytime soon." But then, meanwhile, even if it is kind of rickety, uh, that's that's like an HGTV episode, right? It's like, oh no, I've <laughs> discovered a cave, and then it's like, uh, it's me. I'm I'm King Beams. I've got lots of these beams. Uh, we'll just put Bob all these Vila, up. This old cave. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Oh. I'd be like, man, maybe I should become a crime fighter. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. It's all Free fun layer. games up until the skeletons with their shields and swords come out to defend their treasure. The procedurally generated rats start showing I mean, up. This is so much potential for like YA fiction, too. You know, it's like. Oh, sure. A secret society down there and they're not allowed to dance. <laughs> <laughs> We got to go to the dance cave tonight, kids. Why is John Lithgow in my cave? (laughs) (laughs) This is a very underrated movie. Footloose is a very underrated movie. Mm. This this is a huge tube. Like it it is. You couldn't. There are certainly parts of it where you can't touch the ceiling. uh, uh, For those who can't see the video, I just want you to picture like a forty-eight inch widescreen four K. Just just natty light cans all over the place. (laughs) Dude says this is my man cave. (laughs) It's also just a cave. Got a got a poster of a cave woman in a bikini. Wow, that's a so they, 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 yeah. Wow. They brought in the local caver cave club to come in there to, to call up the cave club, cave busters, and they just wow. went in. And, yep, it's a cave. <laughs> you got a, got a cave here, real I, genuine cave. I'll tell you what. Not only do you put a door on that, but but you spend you spend some good money on a little PC that asks you three riddles to get inside. Like that's that's <laughs> the, no simple pin pad, no keys or locks or nothing. Good morning, John. That's that's, that's right. You <laughs> have to knock thrice, and all of a sudden, a, a zombie, rest in peace, uh, shows up and and says, "Mecca, like a high mecca, get lost." Chump, and then you have to answer three riddles. R.I.P. By the way, uh, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, uh, it's all fun and games till uh, Tom Hanks and his friends show up to play Dungeons and Dragons, mazes and monsters, mazes and monsters. And yeah, monsters. <laughs> it, it was a great example of a movie that was supposed to warn you off of something, but only made you kind of go like, "Oh yeah, this looks kind of cool." <laughs> like, I think I want to do this. <laughs> You'll lose your mind. Deal. <laughs> Cool. Awesome. 
What, what, uh, yeah. I, I never, I never saw mazes and monsters. Did they give any kind of like logical if then therefore logic or? Oh I, yeah. I, the, I mean, the psychologist. Yeah, the psychologist explains that when you become too enmeshed in a fantasy world, it can be hard to know what's real and what's not. And the next thing you know, you're stuck. And so, at the end of this, uh, you have uh, Tom Hanks and his friends. Uh, basically go play this game called Mesa's Monsters in an actual cave and he becomes sort of obsessed with the game and then he just kind of snaps and then you know he he's he never get he like he play he's at home and but he'll like he'll cause his mom the innkeeper and like oh I left three pieces of gold for the innkeeper he can't just can't get out of the game because like wow. remember D, remember those millions of kids who played D who are stuck in asylums now <laughs> yeah well <laughs> see here's the here's the thing people know nobody thought of two words my friends Darwinian fitness because ain't none of those people procreating. Anybody who can't keep track of gold pieces and whether or not their mom's an innkeeper not getting laid. Not touching that. I know. That's what everyone says to that guy. <laughs> Have you not watched I, The Simpsons? <laughs> I was. I was. I was gonna make. I, when I tweeted something about Dim, uh, Demio last night. And I'm like, also gonna like put in there, like, yeah, it may, may affect your relationship because like I'm just anticipating the obvious, like, well, can't get a girl, whatever kind of thing, you know, the girlfriend sort of thing. forgetting it's 2021 and that argument kind of died 20 years ago, but still you get that. But then uh, I watched this, somehow I found this YouTube video of a guy who's got this, he's got this club where they play D&D and he's got this room where they got this table and he's got an LCD display built into the table where they can do their, like their character maps and all this sort of stuff. And it was like the most hardcore sort of thing ever. I'm like, well, maybe that stereotype is true when you listen to this guy talk. <laughs> well, and, and, and I, uh, the, the point being that, um, being obsessed to the point of ignoring other loved ones is 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 the trick, not not whether or not it's Dungeons and Dragons related. <laughs> yeah, Brian, is this a hint? I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> this is a cry for help from me. From you? Oh no! <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, you, you, I've been playing Demio in skirmish mode. I'm just going to tell you that a lot. Oh, dude, you know, you know, you got to text me. I, I I had all weekend free. All right, should have done that. Should have done that. Rat King's coming soon. So, um, gentlemen, uh, let's do picks. Yeah, I got a pick. Oh, uh, it's called Rick and Morty, but Rick and Morty is too many syllables. So I just like to shorten it to two syllables as Loki. Uh, oh. uh, same show. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. L- Loki is like uh, high key, very, very good. Uh, I. I the second episode came out this week and I was like astonished. It felt impossibly good. It felt it reminded me of the first Avengers in that the script was very tight and very punchy and fun and had you know that kind of Joss Whedon sort of back and forth. Um, but it's I, I don't it's just it's really really good and I think it stands on its own. Like I don't th- I think you don't need you could come to it fresh and. You would all work. You know who what a Loki is, right? Uh, we generally have an idea of what a Loki character is. That's all you need. Yep. Owen Wilson's there. It's cool. I I really dug the first episode. I enjoyed the second. My issue with the second was Marvel sh- are all of these Disney like the Marvel and the Star and the Mandalorian shows. They sometimes have a real pacing problem, mm. and 
the second one, my girlfriend fell asleep. So I had to watch it by myself because she fell asleep in the middle of now we're here having this conversation about this. Now let's go over here and have this conversation about this. It could have been more efficient. It could have been, I enjoy, there's nothing I'd say, oh, this is dumb or this is dumb. I enjoyed all those little beats to it, but it was it, I was kind of fan of menace kind of vibes of like, well, now we're going to go to this room and have a conversation where I think it could have been condensed and tighter. Uh, man, I did not, I did not feel that at all. I love, I loved it. Uh, uh, to me, it was a, a comfy soak. As a matter of fact, uh, it took, I, I it, enjoyed it, Brian. I enjoyed it. it I'm took, saying if you asked me what would make it awesome would be that. Uh, it, it took me until the second episode that I realized that they were doing some time banditsy stuff with those, uh, time gates that they come in and out of like aesthetically speaking. Uh, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, yeah, no, L- Loki's very good. Yeah, um, it, I, yeah, it's 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 very good. Um, I, I've got a pick. This is um, I, I bought this over the weekend, and I think it's a pretty cool thing. It is an an, an iOS app. I guess you, you can get it on the Mac OS as well. Uh, it's called Things. Um, it is a, a task manager to do list sort of. Uh, uh, sort of system. Um, it's very cool. You have an inbox and you put the things that you need to do in your inbox. Uh, and then you, in the morning, you say what the things you're going to get done today from the inbox are. And then you just focus on those. And once you're done, you're done for the day. Uh, they've got this projects thing where you can have, you know, a larger kind of collection of, of, of tasks. You have areas. So you can say, well, here are these tasks that have to do with the, with work stuff or with this or that. It's a it, and the other nice thing is that it feels really um, uh, intuitive, right? It's you you have different gestures and swipes and things so that you know you can uh, you can work really quickly, which I think is really cool. Um, I think the the iOS app is like ten dollars, which is a little steep uh, compared to what most people pay for apps, but I I think it's very good. I really want to try the Mac OS app, but that app is fifty dollars. Um, it syncs with everything. You get the cloud stuff, whatever. But I don't, I don't know that I'm ready to make that jump. But I, I think it's it's really nice to <laughs> like. I want to get things done. Come on, <laughs> not that. <much. laughs> yeah. But so it's and and they've got the widgets on the iOS. So I, when I when I open up my phone, like I can see these are the things that I still have to do today. Um, and you can have different lists. I I, I think it's really interesting. Um, and um, we'll see we'll see how it goes. But I, I'm really liking that and using that as a as a means to pace myself throughout throughout the week. So yeah, things. I'm going to do two picks, but I'll make them brief. Uh, pick number one, Rick and Morty, season five, episode one. And and the reason I bring that up was because like compared to Loki, that 22 minutes, man, it's tight. You look at the stories you got in there between, you know, Nimbus, uh, Jessica and Morty, uh, Hoovy and his people like <laughs> a, a civilization spanning story and this in 22 minutes it's one of those minute I'm like holy cow how do they how do they do that in 22 minutes it was kind of amazing so that that's just kind of makes me conscious of of you know when I watch story I'm like there could be more going on here what I like I like what I like I like mm. it I love it to be like a little more but a layer there but uh went to there is this thing I don't want to I don't want to like get in it in trouble or me in trouble, but like, oh my god, are you about you to say what to I sp- think it is? A place where you can know. see, uh, like, I mean, if you you go somewhere and then you can 
Yeah, maybe. You can see. See. You can see it all. You get together, like other people there, and you just sort of like. Let's, let's just say, like, room. if there was a hole in the wall, all people could see it all. <laughs> yes. So. I uh, went to went to a place where I sat in some chairs with my girlfriend and recliner, and we had some food and oh. masks, and uh, we watched this thing with other people there in the same space. Oh my god! You went to a movie theater? Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah that's coming <laughs> back to me now. Uh, did not see Fast and Furious Nine. Did see a Quiet Place Two. Ooh. Uh, a quieter place. <laughs> uh, not as real time. Uh, any of you seen it? Uh, no, but uh, but I liked where it looked like they were headed. Um, you can either confirm or deny. I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but from the trailer, it appeared as though half of the movie took place in the past and the other half took place in the the present uh, slash uh, continuing future. Is is that is that accurate? There. A prologue in the present. Yeah. Oh. Other than that, it's it's after. It's just oh, it's okay. more of just I sort see. of world, world, a little bit of world building, not a lot, but then it's then it's it's just and then it continues on. So I don't hope that doesn't ruin it for anybody. I don't think it should. It's more you're just going to see part of. Um, so, uh, it is remarkable. It is very short though. It is one of these things where it it has this sort of kind of abruptness to it. So it's. The length of this movie is pretty short, um, it's but it's good. It's really, minutes. really solid. Yeah, yeah, and you shave off credits and stuff there, and but it, it works. It's about it the flows. length of um, one Loki and one uh, Rick and Morty combined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, very much enjoyed it, and you know, John uh, wrote and directed this, I believe. Yep, and. Uh, so I thought he did a very good job of it. Feels very cinematic. You know, sometimes when actors make the leap to directing, they don't feel that. Maybe they're great with the actors, but for the directing point of view, I thought it was done really well. And he's clearly, clearly going to be part of a series because not all the threads are going to be tied up. There are going to be things uh, there like, ah, oh, look at this. I mean, once Quiet you, Place Four, yeah, Quiet I mean, Place Five. Once, once you make part two, the doors are open yeah. on. Hey, this is this is a franchise now. Which, like, yeah. is cool. I mean, I think it's interesting having what is essentially a new horror franchise um, being established. Yeah. And considering that Emily Blunt is his wife, I wonder what, like, you know. <laughs> well, we do a Quiet Place 3 at the dinner. We do a Quiet Place 3 after somebody else. Oh, we're doing this now? Or aren't we, babe? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to see my availability, aren't we? You know. <laughs> I don't know. I found some uh, shoes in the foyer, you know, I'm wondering, uh, are we doing a quiet place three? Uh, you know, <laughs> where do you want to go tonight? Uh, I don't know. Depends. Do you want to do another movie, hon? Mm. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, um, if you like the first one, I think you'll like this. Nice. And clearly they're continuing the series. Cool. So. Very cool. It's been weird. Bear attack. <laughs> <laughs> the Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>